Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. What about all the way in the back? How y'all doing up there? All right. That's yeah, that's so good. That was very unexpected. That is awesome. Hey, good morning to you all, Seeds Church. It is your second birthday, and I am so honored to be here. My name is Brandon Cormier. Uh, I am from Louisiana, way down south, the dirty, dirty south is what we call it, and, uh, and, but I come to you by way of Colorado. I moved to Colorado about seven and a half years ago, Colorado Springs. How many of you have been to Colorado before? Maybe skiing, or maybe you live there, or it's just beautiful, especially this part of the year, uh, but this is my first time in Nashville, Tennessee, and I had the best hot chicken yesterday. Come on, somebody. Give him praise for hot chicken. Come on. Thank God for what you've been given. We ain't got no hot chicken in Colorado. We don't have nothing in Colorado to eat, to be honest. (laughs) But for real, y'all pray for us. We're trying to change a culture. Hallelujah. Uh, Bring any culture. Come on. Uh, There's bison burgers. And uh, so we went to Prince's Hot Chicken. How many of you guys have been there before? Yeah, it's a blessing. And so uh, whenever we were eating there yesterday, I got the... Now, I even like spicy food, but I'm telling you, the mild just did me right, okay? So I got the, uh, the mild uh, chicken wings. It was, uh, it was awesome, a little piece of heaven in my mouth. Uh, and so I am so honored to be here with you all this morning. Uh, if traveling with me, I want you guys to uh, make him feel welcome and just bless him. This is a young man who's in my youth ministry. Uh, he's uh, 22 now, which makes me feel very old. Uh, but this is Dustin. Y'all give it up for Dustin. He's traveling with me this weekend. <clears throat> so thankful for your pastors, for Pastor JD and Jamie. I am so thankful uh, for men and women who stand in the devil's face and say, We will obey God, come hell or high water, come mistakes, come tragic, come whatever. We stand on the word of God and their amazing family. Uh, my family and I are imbo- about to embark in a similar journey as we are in the process of planting a church in Colorado Springs next year. So exactly a year. So y'all be praying for me. All right. Come on, somebody. For real. I unashamedly solicit prayers all over the country. Uh, I'll take all the prayers. Uh, we'll take all the prayers that, uh, that we can get. And so after about 12 years of youth and young adult ministry and traveling all around, preaching and declaring the word of God, uh, we are so honored to be in this season. Uh, but this morning, I, uh, I do feel like I have a word from the Lord uh, for you this morning. Uh, how many of you are blessed by worship this morning? Amen. So good. So good, you guys. Thank you for leading us so well into the presence of God. Um, this church, I can already tell, uh, is filled with, uh, with people who love the presence of God, people who love to worship People who love to sing, uh, leaders and, and, and volunteers and dream teamers who, who love to offer God everything that they have. But, but here, is my, here is my concern. Sometimes we can be right in the middle of the greatest worship, the greatest declarations of praise and still miss our moment. There were some, it was some years ago, Octavia, my wife, I actually want to introduce you by way of a few photographs of my picture, of my family, because they are beautiful. Okay, so this is my wife, Octavia. She's the tall one. That's her mini-me. That's, I mean, respect, you know, uh, comparatively speaking. So my oldest daughter, uh, her name is Ryan Nicole Cormier, and uh, she is an aspiring gymnast. And then, you know, 
Then you have some children that come along and you're like, all right, just struggling with personality and charisma. I'm sure you can tell Nora is a struggle. Hardly. Uh, that, that is my four-year-old. Her name is Nora Grace. And she is everything that you think she would be in this picture. Just look at them for a moment and let joy rise in your heart. I am so thankful to be a father. I'm so thankful to be a husband. But having girls is just a trip. Like I did not, I did not know. Uh, and they just melt your heart and they climb in the bed with you and they're not supposed to be in the bed. But it's like, do I really want to get up and bring you back to your bed? No, we're just going to snuggle, baby. Come here. Just come and lay on daddy's chest. And so, and Nora, she works it. I mean, she's just like, and she like comes etching into the room like literally tiptoeing and she'll work her way in the bed and you wake up and it's like this girl and so you just love on her. okay and so just go to the next picture because there's just a couple of pictures I think yeah so again Ryan my amazing wife Octavia um she's not with me this weekend but sometimes we travel together preaching and speaking I think there's one more picture of Octavia and Nora Grace that's my Nora girl so uh I am a very very blessed man but for real, pray, because I heard it gets kind of crazy with girls as they get older and teenagers. And then I can't imagine the day that they get married. Like, what? Okay. Uh, and so it was just, I was just telling Nora the other day, like, baby, I remember holding you like with one hand. I used to teach uh, the interns at the church I used to serve in Colorado Springs. We'd be, I'd be teaching leadership classes to the interns. And my wife was at work. And I'm just holding her and like teaching them at the same time. And they're getting so tall and so big. I can't believe it's been four to six years already. But it's a blessing uh, being first a son of God uh, and then a husband to Octavia and a father to my children. Um, it was around nine years ago uh, that I got married uh, to the love of my life, Octavia. And uh, we had a very lengthy engagement because, listen, I was a youth pastor. I was like a few years into youth ministry. And I'm like, it's going to take a lot of money uh, to do all the things that we wanted to do. So I asked my wife, Octavia, where do you want to go for your for, for our, for your, it's really her, her uh, for our honeymoon, like just give me three or four different sort of destinations, dream destinations. My wife was partially a military brat, so she actually lived in Hawaii for a space of about six years, she lived on Oahu. Uh, she actually graduated high school there, but during her time there, she never made it to any of the other beautiful, magnificent, fascinating islands in the Hawaiian island chain. And so she was like, one of my dream spots where I've always wanted to go was Kauai. And I'm like, really? You were there for six years and you never made it to that other island? And it's whatever. So saved up a really long time. And so we went to Kauai for our honeymoon. It was a dream honeymoon. One of the things that we did while we were there is, uh, how many of you have seen Jurassic Park? Like the original Jurassic Park? Isn't the original just so much better than every other? I just feel like there's something connected to the first one. So while we were, I'm a planner, so I have an itinerary uh, and I have an agenda for all six days complete with different um, activities that we were going to do. And so one of them was taking this, um, this, this ride, this airplane ride, so we could see the beautiful waterfalls uh, that are featured in Jurassic Park. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Like the beautiful... Is that the... You should know the song. How does it go? Oh, 
Yeah, doesn't that just bring you there so you can see the waterfalls and the rainbows? Thank you so much. They're just multi-talented. Okay, if it was Disney, you would have had me. All right. And so, so anyways, so, so we are on the plane. So there's two options. You can take the helicopter or you can take the airplane. Now, the helicopter was like $900. And I'm like, all right, I saved up, but we can't spend all this money on a helicopter ride. So the airplane ride was like maybe $300-something. So I was like, we're going with the with the airplane ride word okay so we get on the airplane we go we're high and listen what i was imagining was just something a little bit different i had never ridden in a uh or never rode in an airplane uh like the small airplane you know in my head i'm just like commercial airlines and so who knew that the experience was just slightly different in a plane that only seats like you know three four people max so we get to go in and we're flying up and I'm like, this is great. Well, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, every, I mean, the wind is blowing and it's beautiful, but you feel every, every, every movement that the plane, I mean, if the plane goes up a half, it's just like, if it drops, you're like, and, and so I, it's, it's just not going, what I had envisioned was this just beautiful, like, and I didn't know it was so loud. I mean, you have headphones on and you can't talk. like, are you enjoying this? Yeah, babe, I'm enjoying it too. Look down. There's the Jurassic water. I mean, it's just, and so I'm like, this is, I mean, in my head, I just had visions of glory and romantic, you know, whatever. And so then the pilot's up and he's yelling at us. I'm like, why are you yelling at us? We can hear you just fine. And so finally we get to the place where the Jurassic waterfalls are. And we're on, we're, so we're flying on what's called the Nepali coast of Kauai. It's one of our favorite places. It's beautiful. We just were able to go back early this year. And so we're flying along the Nepali coast, and then all of a sudden, I can hear the sound. But, but I look over at Octavia, and her eyes are closed. And I'm like, girl, open up your eyes. Like, I did not pay $900 for you to close your eyes. And so we're, open up my eyes. And so, so she's there. Her eyes are closed, and she's like, I may need a sickness bag. I'm like, oh, Lord, like this thing is, this is going all wrong. So she has like a sickness bag, her head's down, and, and then eventually like my head goes down. And I just keep thinking there was a moment where I literally thought, oh, God, we're going to die. And I kept thinking like... Put us over the water because there are parts where we're, it's called the Waimea Canyon. It's beautiful. God, it's gorgeous. And so as we're flying over that, I'm just praying like, Lord, just get us back to the water. Because in my head, I feel like if the plane goes down in water, I have a better chance of living than over the Waimea Canyon. So I'm literally playing this out in my mind like a water landing or a water crash or something. And I'm a good swimmer, you know. And then I start thinking about sharks. I mean, there's just so many things going through my head. And, and, and I say all that to say, while we're going, it's, it's, we, we missed the whole thing. I don't remember anything. I, I can tell you all those historical places because I remember looking at it on the map, okay? But I don't remember seeing anything. I don't remember seeing anything beautiful. I don't remember seeing any, feeling any, any moments or emotions of peace. I just remember terror, like, the whole time. And, and my eyes are closed, and I remember thinking, like, asking the guy, like, how much longer? And he's like, 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm praying in tongues. I mean, just everything. And so, so finally, I start to open up my eyes when I hear, like, the... And, you know, we hit the ground on the runway. I'm like, oh, thank God this is over. This is a torture chamber. Like, whoever thought this was a good idea? Mm-mm. And so, but I, it, it's crazy because in the midst of such beauty, everything was fine. The pilot was not stressing. Everything was fine. And there's something about 
perspective that can change everything. But secondly, you can be in the midst of the most powerful moments that God has for you. You can be in the midst of powerful words being spoken over you where the presence of God can change you, where worship and praise about God are being declared. You can be in the midst of it all and still miss your moment. I don't want you to miss your moment, Saints Church. So I want to share with you this morning for a little bit of time for a message that I have entitled The Power of Praise. Everybody say, The Power of Praise. See, it is so easy to substitute observation for participation whenever it comes to praise and worship. It's something that we like to pawn off on somebody else. Like, isn't that what the worship leader's for? Like, isn't that, like, just let somebody else do that. Like, who's going to praise? Who's going to worship? I don't know. Somebody else will. I'll just kind of be here and I'll just sort of absorb the effects in the room. And it's like, no, no, no. This is a participatory element of our faith. It cannot be pawned off. It cannot be delegated. Fathers, it cannot be handed off to, to mothers, children. It can't be handed off to your parents. Parents, it can't be handed off to your children. Boyfriends, it can't be handed off or pawned off to somebody else praise is something that each of us are supposed to come before God with and bring our own sacrifice of praise with lifting our own voices opening up our own mouths and declaring to God God this is who you are and this is what you mean to me can I get a good amen this morning Hebrews chapter 13 is where we want to go this morning Hebrews chapter 13 verses 10 through 15 it says this, it'll be on the screens for you if you don't have your Bibles or have, your, uh, have some foreign Bible with you. Hebrews 13, starting at verse 10, says this. We have an altar. Everybody say an altar. From which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the, blood of, and the, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. Verse 12 says this, so also Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. Verse 13 says this, so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home that is yet to come. Verse 15 says this, therefore, and anytime you see therefore, as theologians like to jokingly say, you've got to ask, what is it? Oh, you guys are smart this morning. Therefore, what's it there for? Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Now I want to read that last verse one more time in the New King James translation. It says this, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Would you bow your heads with me real quick? Father, we thank you for the power that is in your word. We thank you that it is living, it is active, it is sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide even between soul and spirit. We pray that as your word is spoken over us today, we will end our time together wanting to praise Jesus more, wanting to live more sacrificial lives of praise. Because at the end of the day, Lord, our entire lives is about you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen.
Amen. Now, in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews, we are informed as to how we should live as Christ's followers. Those of us who name the name of Christ, not those of us who just go to church. There is a misnomer, especially in the South, that somehow if we're Americans, we are Christians, as if those two are the exact same thing. You're not born into Christianity. As a matter of fact, you have to be born again. Can I get a good amen? And so this is not, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Hallelujah. And so once you make a decision to be a Christ follower, the writer of the book of Hebrews chapter 13 says there's a certain way that we carry ourselves there's a way that we speak to one another there's a way that we live our lives and this way is different from the rest of the world there's a different way that we parent our children come on somebody there's a different way teenagers that we walk onto our school campuses there's just a different way it's actually a better way because it is the Jesus way and so for the writer of Hebrews he says we should we should take care of people and you can go back and read it in your own time we should live lives of of purity that are that are set apart we should uh, other things we, we, we take care of one another we honor one another we we possess the right attitude towards, towards money, and, and we follow leaders in the church, and we submit to authority, all these different things. See, for the writer of Hebrews, he gives a theological explanation of worship to God through Jesus. He's primarily dealing with a Jewish audience and some who were actually considering reverting back to the old way of doing things kind of like pastor jay was talking jd was talking about in galatians chapter 6 where where paul had to remind them hey the cross is enough so there were there's well the cross plus and, and, and i gotta do all these things in, in addition to in order to be saved but 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 for the writer of hebrews he's saying no 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 don't go back to the old old system there is a new way in which god is calling you to live your life specifically whenever it comes to areas of worship and so I want to zero in on what he specifically says about praise. Share a couple thoughts. We'll wrap this thing up. In verse 15, according to verse 15, Hebrews chapter 13, our praise should be two things. Number one, it should be constant. Everybody say constant. constant. And sacrificial. Everybody say sacrificial. sacrificial. See, there are two appropriate times. That we are to praise God. That's when we feel like it and when we don't. Right. Two appropriate times to praise God. When you feel like it and when you don't. See, my praise is not predicated upon my emotions. My praise cannot be relegated to how I feel because half the time I don't feel like praising anybody except for myself. That is our default. Amen. Come on, somebody. And so, so there's a reality that happens whenever you truly submit your life to Christ. At some point, you begin to realize, and not just realize, but you live in such a way that your life is not your own. Realize you've been bought with the price because there was a very real Savior who went to a cross, who shed real blood for you. And for the writer of Hebrews, everything comes down to Jesus' sacrificial work on the cross. But there is a way that Jesus went to the cross, it was sacrificial, and that paints a picture of how our lives should be. And so in the Old Testament, which is ultimately a shadow of, of how we are to live our lives, the priests, whenever they would offer praise, they would go outside of the camp. 
And it's like, well, we can't just do this inside the camp. Who wants to walk in the hot sun? Come on. Who wants to walk in the desert and go all the way out there? But it was a statement that God was saying, no, no, no. It's not about you. It's about the king whom you serve. So let's go outside of the camp and offer our praise. And so it's a picture of your praise being living sacrificial lives of Praise. So, so what we've got to deal with here is, is, is what do we mean by praise? What is praise? We're commanded to praise God some 250 times or so throughout the word of God. It's a big deal. So we better know what it is. So praise. Here we go. I'm going to give you just a basic definition. Here. It says to say or write good things about someone or something. It means to express approval of something or someone including to commend. When was the last time you just be out, outside of the four walls of the church, you were using your vocal cords to express your approval of God? It's saying, God, I, I am so grateful. And I just, Lord, as I look back on just different moments, I'm just saying, I just approve of what you're doing. You don't need my approval, but, but praise says, I'm just approving of who you are and what you're doing, not only in my life, but in the earth. I'm approving of what you are doing, what I can look and see you doing in my city, what I can look and see you doing on my job and in my family. I'm just saying, Lord, you don't need it, but I'll give it to you anyway. I approve. I praise you. Commending means this, to entrust for care or preservation. Another form of praise, another form of praise is, is, is commending something to God's care. So Psalm 7 and 1 says this, O Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. That's a form of praise. So whenever you start off your day in the morning, before you leave home, after you, after you get out, you, you, you make declarations like, Lord, I trust you with every single hour of this day that I'm awake. I am trusting you to guard me. I am trusting you to care for my family as I go off to work, as I serve, as I stay at home and take care of these children. Father, what I am saying is I'm trusting every moment, every detail. I just trust you. That's a moment of praise. Psalm 9 and 10 says this. Those who know your name will put their trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 20 and 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. When you begin to praise God in this way, what you are saying is, Lord, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe everything that you have promised to do for me in your word. You will do these things. You will move on my behalf that is one form of praise it is commending God another form or another facet of praise is expressing uh, again approval it means to have or express a favorable opinion of something or to show esteem to express your approval means this it has to do with the way that you make me feel when was the last time you just told God Lord you just make me feel good Like, thank you. God, you make me feel real good. Psalm 10, 14 says this. You are the helper to the fatherless. Psalm 63, 1 through 3. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry 
and a thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better to me than life. My lips shall praise you. Your loving kindness feels better to me than life itself. Therefore, in light of this, God, I praise you. See, this type of praise involves evaluating who God has been in your life. So my question to you, church, is who has God been in your life over this past week, over these last six months, over the last year? Who has he been in your life? What has he done in your world? Sometimes we can get into the ebb and flow of just grinding it. And we can get so focused on things that are just going awry in our lives. Isn't that true? Praise elevates your perspective. Praise is prophetic just by its very nature because it begins to lift your eyes above your situation. The Bible says this. I will look to the hills from which cometh my help for all of my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's amazing what happens whenever one moment of a perspective shifts in your life where you take your eyes off of all the craziness that's happening and you begin to realize Ephesians 2 says I have been seated in heavenly places what why am I losing my mind why am I running around like a fool whenever God says you have been seated in heavenly places and to know this reality that the things that shake us don't shake his throne at all not one moment at, there's at no point in time it's Jesus upstairs, like in heaven, like coming up with plan B and C and D. Like, oh, my God, I did. How, oh, my me. Like, I didn't know this was going to happen. And he invites us into this same reality of a position and a posture of being seated in his presence in the place of peace. But you cannot have peace if you don't have praise in your life. I'm just trying to tell you, you can take all the drugs that you want. You can go to all the therapy that you want. And all of those things are really, really good. But in addition to that, you've got to have praise on your lips. Well, not that drug. I mean, like, prescribed drugs. Well, Colorado's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know what y'all doing in Tennessee, but no, I'm kidding. I've never taken drugs a day in my life. Uh, so, illegal. Okay, so anyways. Woo, y'all turning up the seats. You'll never, you'll never be able to sit in that position of peace without a praise on your lips. And again, I think another misnomer, especially in the body of Christ, that somehow it's like, all right, especially as men, I want to speak to every man in the house today, too, because this is one element of our faith that seems to get, it's like, all right, we'll just delegate, like, praise to the women, you know? And, and, and at what point did we begin to believe the lie that as men, actually, you're supposed to be the praise leader of your home and your relationships? I ain't getting no amens. Amen, Pastor Brandon. Amen. All right. So, so here we go. Because... Because God has ordained an authoritative praise in your mouth. So whenever things are going crazy in your family, whenever things are going crazy in relationships and in your home, there is something that happens whenever you, as a man of God, begin to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I praise you. Whenever you, there's a reason why Paul wrote to Timothy and says, I want you to command and command men everywhere to lift up holy hands in the same. There's something powerful that happens whenever you begin to elevate your hand. Kind of like what kind of like the prophet had his hands lifted up. And as long as his hands were lifted, the battle, his hands were lifted, the battle was being won. There's something powerful that happens wherever you, men of God, begin to just praise God. 
There's a humility that's cultivated on the inside of you that won't get you humble any other way. Listen, you can praise God and be humble, or you can go through trials, tribulations, all sorts of things, and, and find humility. I choose praise. I choose praise. Come on, somebody. Praise or pressure? I choose praise. Life is going to come with enough pressure already. Glorifying is another form of, of, of praise. See, going back to expressing approval, it, it, it's, it's commending. It's, it's a praise that evaluates who God has been in your life. You look over the good times, the bad times, and you remember God's blessings and his, his faithfulness. And this is a praise that says, God, I remember what my life was like before I started living for you. I remember moments of encounter that I've had with you. I remember how you came in and you started to be a father to me because I didn't have a good father, a mother to me because I didn't have a, the greatest mother. Or you came and you filled in every hole and you closed up every gap in my life. Now I praise you. Glorifying is another form or facet of praise. It, it, it says, God, I bestow honor, praise, admiration. Lord, I just admire you. I just look at who you are, God, and I say, I want to be like you. I want to be like you, Father. Psalm 50 and 2 says, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. See, what I'm trying to help you understand, church, is that the God's prescription for changing your environment is praise. See, nobody can stop your praise, hamper your praise, dim your praise, except for you yourself. And I remember learning this, this essential and this important reality some years ago. And it, there was an old song that was written by, uh, it's a gospel song written by a guy named William Murphy. And he just, he penned this song. Praise is what I do when I want to be close to you. I lift my hands in praise. See, praise is who I am. I will praise him while I can. I'll bless him at all times. And I vow to praise you through the good and the idea of God. Praise is who I am. Praise is what I do. Praise is who I am. So it does not matter what the enemy is whispering in my ear. It doesn't matter what negative report I've received from a doctor. It doesn't matter what negative report is going on around me. I choose to praise you. And when I praise, my environment has to change. Listen, the winds and the waves still obey his name. 
Whenever you begin to declare his name over your situation, his name over your diagnosis, his name over your relationship, his name over your emotions, his name over your mind. Whenever you begin to praise, there is something supernatural that begins happening and you may not see it immediately, but you've got to believe it because we are a part of another kingdom. The kingdom of God is not about meat or drink. It is about righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost is what the Bible says. So in the spirit realm, things are shifting. Something's happening. I want the worship team to come this morning because I want us to begin to declare a few phrases, a few, a few take a few moments, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond to a God that says, I am holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. I am holy worth every ounce of praise that is in your body. I am the one who gave you the very ruach, the very pneuma, the very breath that is on the inside of you. There is something supernatural about you just by your very design so whenever you begin to open up your supernatural mouth and you begin to declare who God is there's something that happens church and I am telling you in year three God is looking for a church that will die this is the this is the scripture I'm sure you've heard it before because it's kind of built into your name but make no mistake about it it is prophetic truly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and if it dies it abides alone but if it dies it will bear much fruit and in your second year some of you have felt like this is a death I am still I am still the God who looks at dead things and I speak alive again and there's something powerful that happens whenever you come in agreement with God and says whatever I've got to go through to die to myself it's worth it because we don't want to just impact people in this room we want to impact our neighbors and those around us and God says okay has got to die and so are you willing to go through the process because unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it will remain alone but if it dies it will produce much fruit and I am telling you there is a fruitful season there is a more than fruitful season that is coming if you will just endure if you'll just endure and you'll endure with a praise on your lips so if you'll stand to your feet this morning and I want to just begin to declare this familiar bridge and we're just going to praise God for a couple moments thanks for listening stay connected with us at seedschurchtn.com and on social media our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he called them to do One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.